Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I'm your host, Paul Oren, at NWIOren on Twitter, and you can find Union Street Hoops on Apple Pods, Spotify, uh, where else are we at here? SoundCloud, we're all over the place. I think Google Podcasts has us too. We're kind of all, it's all over the place, right? It's been a while since we've put one of these out here, and when we say we, I mean me, because, you know, life gets in the way, and uh, basketball season has started, four games have been played, I got to get into a better routine of getting these out to you, but we've also got a lot of preseason high school basketball stuff that we're working on, we're trying to get that in line, holidays coming up, uh, I traveled, there was a wedding I went to, there was just a lot of stuff, right, just a lot of a lot of stuff, and uh, I kept meaning this week to get to it, and it was like everyone needed five minutes, and as many of you know, this is like a labor of love for me here, and uh, it's just uh, it's, it's a good way to reach out and kind of share some things on the mind as they pertain to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. That's what I tell you I talk about at the top, right? Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. It seems tone deaf today on Union Street Hoops and a podcast dedicated, again, to Valparaiso Athletics, I guess would say, to not talk about what happened on Wednesday. Um, An email went out, multiple emails went out to a bunch of different constituency groups, uh, ultimately all sharing the same message, Valparaiso cut men's soccer and men's tennis. We're going to dive into that here uh, in a minute. I also want to tell you that I will get to talking about the Valparaiso basketball season. Uh, Ryan Fazekas out indefinitely, and uh, Valpo getting ready to play in the Paradise Jam. They've got a game against Grand Canyon, noon Central on Friday. And, uh, you know, people probably feeling a little bit better about Valpo basketball right now than they were at the end of last season. But I will tell you, as, uh, as we'll get to that in a little bit, right? And I know you, many of you are here for the basketball, but, again, it would feel tone deaf to not talk about this other situation, which is to tell you, I don't really know what to add that's out there, right? Uh, go to nwitimes.com. Robbie Weinstein wrote the story. Um, it, was a, it was a crazy day. Uh, I had tickets to the Bulls game. And it looked like an easy day, right? You kind of wake up in the morning and you get a sense of, uh, I'm sure you all do this too, you get a sense of the inventory of your day, what's it look like, what are you going to do? And it, it was checking out to be an easy day. And I was going to go with, with my one of my best friends, we're going to go to the Bulls game, check out D-Rose's return to the UC, uh, you know, have, have some food, have a drink or two, and, uh, you know, enjoy kind of a, a, a night off. And then uh, I get a phone call uh, from Danny Yeftich, the uh, the longtime Valparaiso boys soccer coach. He calls me, and and we're talking about that. He's uh, he was asked to resign. This is a crazy story. Uh, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. There, you know, uh, you know, talk to him. Reached out to Valpo High. Tried to get comment there. You know, they don't really talk about personnel matters. So it's really kind of difficult to to pinpoint that whole thing. We went with what we've got, and that's all we can do, right? You just got to ask. Just got to ask questions and. At some point uh, in the middle of all this, I reached out to a friend and uh, they said to me, uh, you know, it's like we we're just talking about getting lunch. And and they said, oh, have you heard the, the Valparaiso or have you heard the news? And I said, oh, what news? And and I said, the Valparaiso soccer news. I said, oh, yeah, you know, absolutely. It's, uh, it's a tough deal. And and uh, they, they responded with they couldn't believe they were shocked that it happened. And I said, well, you know, they're. 
it's uh, it's it's a tough deal. It's you know apparently there was a mutiny in parents and all this, and uh, it's all in the story. Go to nwitimes.com and read it. And um, and they uh, they responded back and said, "What are you talking about?" And I said, "Well, what are you talking about?" And they said, "Valparaiso soccer just got cut from the university." And I said, "I'm talking about." The Valparaiso boys soccer coach just got let go. So it was uh, that was an interesting, interesting kind of a faux pas there as we were. Uh, it just felt like a bad game of telephone where we were each talking and it, it lasted for a while. Right. You know, probably like two, three minutes of like, oh, you know, and I know. And this is crazy. Valpo soccer. And uh, we were talking about two different things. Very, very strange. Uh, look, this is tough. I, I don't I, I, I have some thoughts. I'm going to share some thoughts with you. Uh, right now, uh, but I don't know that my thoughts are really well founded on much. Right, like I don't know why this happened. Let's let's start with that. I don't know why it happened. All I can do is go off of the email that I got from uh, that was sent out by by ultimately Mark LaBarbera. Uh, I'm gonna read that here in case you haven't heard or seen the text. Which I'm sure if you're listening to Union Street Hoops, you're probably something of a diehard Valpo fan, and you're probably well-versed. But but we'll go here. Earlier today, President Heckler and I met with the tennis, men's tennis and men's soccer teams and their coaches to share the news that their sports would be discontinued at Valpo. The discontinuation of the men's soccer program is effective immediately, while the discontinuation of the men's tennis program will take effect at the conclusion of the 2019-20 season. That's the lead, right? Now let's get into the meat and potatoes. As part of the university's ongoing strategic planning process, the Athletics Oversight Committee of the Board of Directors, I don't know who's all on that list, conducted an extensive review of the athletics department that began in 2017. This has been going on for a while. The focus of this review was to evaluate the breadth and mix of athletic programs at Valpo. One of the conclusions of the review was that the university would be best served with an athletics program whose size was more in line with those of the university's Missouri Valley Conference colleagues and national peers. With 21 Division I teams, Valpo had the most athletic programs of any school in the Missouri Valley Conference and more than the majority of its Division I national peer institutions. The decision will allow the university to better focus on providing the best possible experience for all student-athletes while providing the best opportunity for competing successfully within the Missouri Valley Conference and the department's single sport conferences. That's talking about bowling in the Southland Conference and talking about the Summit League, which has uh, got, I think, what, swimming and—or, uh, excuse me, i got to— Take a look. I don't even exactly remember where all these schools are uh, are are flushed out here. Um, should know this, but uh, men's tennis was in the Summit League, and that was that was tough. So swimming is uh, you've got swimming in the Summit League. Uh, men's swimming certainly. Uh, women's swimming is in the Missouri Valley Conference. So that is you know again kind of a of an interesting situation there. Okay, so moving forward. Those affected student-athletes on athletic scholarship who choose to remain enrolled at Valpo will continue to receive that support through graduation. Per NCAA rules, all affected student-athletes will be granted immediate athletic eligibility at their new institutions if they choose to transfer. The university will assist in the transfer process. I, you know, it's because it won't matter because they're not going to be competing against Valpo. I would imagine this means that all of these athletes are free to transfer to any program in the Missouri Valley Conference, right? Or I guess for men's tennis would be the Summit League, you know? So um, 
LaBarbera goes on to say, I would like to thank each of the impacted student-athletes and coaches for their contributions to the university and to Valpo Athletics. The student-athletes have represented the university well, both in the classroom and competition. All of their hard work is greatly appreciated. Coaches Mike Avery and Jim Doherty have guided their programs to success in competition while representing the university and Valpo Athletics in a positive manner, both in the community and their profession. I greatly appreciate their years of service to the student-athletes, our department, and our university. Mark LaBarbera, Director of Athletics. So that uh, that went out in any that, that, that language, a lot of that language went out in in multiple uh, emails, right? There was uh, uh, an email to the media. There was emails that went to men's tennis alums, men's soccer alums. There was an email that went to the students, faculty, and staff. There were uh, all of that, right? And, and I imagine there were there were others as well. I don't have the list of all of them. So. Uh, this, from what I understand, was a complete blindside uh, bombshell dropped on Mike Avery and Jim Doherty. They didn't know. I don't know the planning process. Again, I don't know why this happened. I, people keep asking, why did this happen? What's going on at Valpo? I, I don't know the answer. I wish I did. I don't know. Uh, my job today or what I'm going to try today is at least to make sense of some of it. And I'm probably going to think out loud a little bit. And whether or not that's appropriate is probably a question or, you know, but I, I just, I, I don't know what to do. So I'm going to, I'm going to think out loud, right? I got a lot of people I know that are hurting. Obviously Mike and Jim, I tweeted last night. You can go to NWI Orin on Twitter. Um, you know, Mike Avery and Jim Doherty are great guys. And and to say that this is just about Mike and Jim minimizes the impact of the the, the whole thing, uh, but they're the faces of the the, the organizations, right? Uh, you know, Jim Doherty, I've known for a long time, taught me when I was in grad school, um, and uh, just a good dude and a guy that I, I you know I tweeted out last night. I would see him at homecoming, uh, you know, when uh, you know we find ourselves at an establishment and and he would just be the happiest guy in, in the place because he had alums coming back from you know from the horizon league days from the midcon days he's been here forever and it was just fun to watch you know it was just fun to see him he had a genuine love of the game it's the one sport that i play and it's just a genuine love of people and then Mike Avery, and, and, and I don't really know how to say this because, you know, you, you build relationships with people over time. And, uh, look, I, Jim and I, Mike and I, I, I like them. We don't hang out, right? Like, we're not – we're I guess, are we friends? I, it's odd. Like, they're good people. They're great people. Mike Avery is the coolest guy in the room. He listens to the best music. He uh, – He's, he dresses better than any of the coaches on campus. He's just kind of like a more plugged into the world than anybody else. I've always thought that. I've always come away from conversations with Mike Avery, whether I'm interviewing him for a story, I bump into him in the hallway, I see him at a volleyball match, I see him at a coffee shop, whatever. I always come away from those conversations smarter than when I started. Maybe I'll pick up a, another a new piece of music to listen to or I'll pick up this or whatever. So, you know, my initial thought on all of this when the news came was just sadness for those guys, right? And by extension, their families, and by extension, then I start thinking about all the players over the years. Uh, you know, Jeffrey and Charlie, the, the doubles team from a couple of years ago that made a deep run um, 
and, you know, did some professional things. That whole group of guys, Mike Woodson, who was an assistant coach for the men's tennis program. I went to his wedding. I know his father who coached baseball. I know them very well. Um, just the groups of guys on the soccer team, you know, who who I've just gotten to know over the years. Soccer is such a such a fun sport, and it's a sport I know very little about. So I try my hardest to learn, and, and I learn from the people who play it. And it, uh, man, it was hard just to think about all that. So that was Wednesday. And now as I woke up Thursday morning here, as it's Thursday afternoon now, I, I started to try to make some sense of all of this, right? Uh, Mark LaBarbera sat down with Robbie Weinstein of the Northwest Indiana Times, my cohort, my co-pilot, and there was, uh, you know, there was there was some good talk there. Um, and and one of the things that that Mark said here, as uh, as I'm going back, is uh, first of all, I, I was told this. This is actually a, a tough one here. That the photograph that was used in NWI Times story makes it look like. Mark LaBarbera gave a press conference about this. That's actually not the case at all. There was no press conference. It was all handled via email, right? So um, that picture that we ran with the story is uh, is actually not, I mean, he didn't deliver a press conference. And maybe is that unfair to run that photograph? Does it give the illusion that there was a press conference? I, I don't know. So um, that's tough. You know, one of the, one of the quotes that Mark LaBarbera had to Robbie was, this is about more than money. This will enable us to focus better and focus our resources on the programs that we do have that will continue to happen. We're sad that we came to this point because these are young men that have represented the university well. They've been good students. They've been good citizens. It's difficult to get to the position where we need to take opportunities away from them. Um, we went on to say that we don't do athletics because it's a moneymaker. Uh, and we have a lot of teams trying to train in the same spaces, particularly in the winter, but it's all about, it's also about access to the training room, the amount of trainers we have, the access to the weight rooms, amount of staff, all of that. A lot of these things are going to be, are going to be minimized a bit because of the closing of this. Um, he goes on to say, one of the things that the board committee said is that we as an institution were committed to being members of the Missouri Valley Conference, and we needed to take advantage of the strengths of the Missouri Valley Conference. By that, they said that we have to aspire to be good where the Valley has a national presence. And those strongest sports are basketball, baseball, and volleyball. I'm going to get to all of this um, in, in in a second here uh, of kind of what I thought uh, Mark LaBarbera, the final quote here is, the coaches were obviously surprised and disappointed. They both created really good programs. They represented the university well, which makes this obviously a hard place to be at. You know, look, you guys know I'm, I'm connected to this place. Uh, there's no company line that I've, I'm trying to tow or anything. What I will say, and maybe this is hard to understand, but this is a rough situation for everybody, right? Like there's... Uh, no one's dancing in the hallway celebrating this. And I read a lot of the comments online last night from a lot of angry people. And people have got a right to be angry. There's no question. People have got a right to be angry. I'm angry, right? And, you know, I'm angry for Mike. I'm angry for Jim. I'm angry for for the individuals. I would also probably tell you I'm sure Mark LaBarbera's angry too, right? I, I don't think this was his call. I don't. You know, as part of the process, right, the Athletics Oversight Committee of the Board of Directors, that's part of the Board of Directors, right? They looked at it. They saw it. He said it's not about the money, right, or it's, it's about more than money. And look, there's got to be some money aspect too, right? And I don't have an economics degree. I don't know the finances. I don't know any of that stuff. It's above my pay grade. Um, 
And, uh, you know, and, uh, but those are questions, right? Those are, those are education questions. Those are, you know, you got the law school, you've got academic programs, you've got all sorts of things. You've got enrollment numbers. And we're going to look at those in a second here. Uh, that said, I still struggle to come up with the justification of this happening. And then I start looking at the numbers a little bit, right? So talking about going back to this line here, we would be best served with an athletics program whose size was more in line size was more in line with those of the University's Missouri Valley Conference colleagues and national peers. All right, let's look at the Missouri Valley Conference colleagues. Valpo has the third lowest enrollment and of any school in the valley, 3,011 students. Uh, undergrad students, excuse me, and then 494. So actually, excuse me, Valpo is the second lowest because if we include graduate students, Drake has got more students than Valpo. Drake's at about 4,800. Valpo is at 3,500. You know, throw in, uh, you know, wherever. And this is just ballparking enrollment numbers. I looked at each school's website. So Evansville, the only number I could find for Evansville is 2,443. Then you got Valpo. 3,011 undergrad, 494 grad, so that's right around 3,500 there. Okay, Drake, 3,000 undergrad, 1,800 grad, so that's 4,800. Okay, so so that's where we're at there. And then you've got Bradley with 4,500 undergrad, 900 grad, 5,400 total. And then next up, you've got Loyola, the last private school, the bunch, has got a total enrollment from, again, spitballing numbers here and looking at different data points that I found, 11,919. Indiana State has got uh, 10,216 undergrad, but 1,930 grad. Southern Illinois has got 11,695 undergrad, or maybe that's total. You know, again, these numbers are different. Northern Iowa has got 10,600 is what they're budgeted for this year. That's their lowest number since 1982. So they're hurting, right? And then uh, you've got the big ones. Illinois State's got 21,000, and Missouri State's got 26,000. So now let's look at the sports. Every school in the Valley has less men's sports than women's sports. Title IX. I'm going to be the first person to tell you, and I just haven't had time to get to it today, and I will. I need a Title IX refresher. Because, and, and I've done a lot of work with Title IX. Love Title IX. Um, Hillary Smith and I did a big study, a big fe- couple of feature stories a dozen years ago, I think, when Title IX turned 35, I think that was a long time ago with for the Northwest Indiana Times. Um, every school in the Valley has at least one, if not two, or sometimes three or four less programs on the men's side than the women's side. Coming into yesterday morning, when we, when we all woke up, Valpo, 19 sports. Illinois State had 17. Now, I say 19. So they Valpo says 21. The indoor track and field for men's and women's boosts it from 19 to 21. Most websites, I took a look at just the ballpark. Uh, you know, I went to sports on the website. I looked at the drop-down menus. They don't list indoor and outdoor track differently from one another. So, yes, Valpo's got 21 Division One teams. 19 rosters, I guess. I don't, you know, I don't, it's hard to differentiate, but I'm going to go with 19. I know it's 21. I hope that makes sense here. I I just didn't go through each 
roster to find out or each team to find out who had indoor and who had outdoor. It's just it's it's just notated a little differently. But so Valpo 19, Illinois State 17, Drake and Missouri State 16. 15 apiece for Northern Iowa and Southern Illinois and then 13 apiece for Loyola, Indiana State and Bradley. So Valpo had 19. Valpo had more sports than any other school in the Valley. And they had the second lowest enrollment. So does that, like, does that off the page scream, got a cut, got a cut? It screams off the page that there's a disparity in the numbers, right? That, you know, can a school the size of Valpo support 19 athletic programs? Don't know the answer to that. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Can a, Look, Valpo's got 19 sports. Illinois State, 17. Illinois State has 19,000 more students, 18,000 more students than Valpo. That's, in, that's six times the size of Valpo. And Valpo's got more sports than them. So, okay. Now now we're at the point. I'm just kind of using some deductive reasoning here. Now we're at the point of, okay, is Valpo going to cut something? They want to be more in line with those of the university's Missouri Valley Conference colleagues and national peers. Blah, 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 blah. The decision will allow the university to better focus on providing the best possible experience for all student-athletes while providing the best opportunity for competing successfully within the Missouri Valley Conference and the department's single-sport conferences. So somebody somewhere, somehow around a table came together and said, you got to cut something. Was it one? Was it two? I don't know how they came up with two. Don't know the answer to that. Not sure yet. Maybe we'll get that answer. Maybe we won't get that answer. Right now, today, don't know the answer to that. But let's figure out, if we can, and this is me thinking out loud, how does Valpo get to these two sports? And I'm, again, I'm just a spitballing. I don't, I, I, I found out when everybody else found out. So I don't know, I don't have answers other than just, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm throwing spaghetti at the wall. And is it appropriate to do it? We're rolling with it. We're finding out because you guys are asking about it. So we're talking about it. So Title IX, Valpo's not cutting any women's sports. I just don't see it happening. I will tell you I'm going to do a refresher on Title IX to try to figure out. But Valpo's got football, and football brings in a lot of bodies, and you want to have a balance between male and, and female student-athletes. I Again, the, all of this is moving fast, and I'm also going to South America in a couple days. So like, I just have not had a lot of time to, to do all the research probably needed to do. I should be looking at every roster, finding out how many bodies, who's, you know, who's all, all of that. Uh, don't know the answer to that right now. That said, is Valpo cutting any women's sports? No, don't see it happening. I, I don't even know what you'd make an argument for bowling. I guess they're not, they're not, in the valley, they're in the Southland Conference, but Valpo, Valpo got in bed with bowling. They decided that they wanted to do this. It's an NCAA sanctioned sport. Valpo's had some success going to the NCAA tournament. They've been nationally ranked a bunch. They get a chance to bring in maybe a different kind of student. Um, you know, Valpo, Valpo's had some success with bowling. They like bowling. Same thing with men's and women's golf too. I I didn't see. 
either one of those getting cut, although we'll, we'll get to men's golf in a second, it's re- they're relatively new sports. And I guess if you call pardon the language a mulligan here and you were to cut those sports, you're you're I mean, what what did you what's changed now from when you first launched these sports back in the in the day? Obviously, depreciating enrollment and other things. But, you know, I I just didn't see that being a situation. So, again, it's clear that they didn't cut any women's sports. And I just maybe it's title nine, whatever it is, it's not going to happen. So let's look at men's sports. Maybe you're told you got to cut one or two or, or, or whatever. We're going to go with two because that's what got cut. Okay. Um, swimming. Not in the Valley, in the Summit League, right? But, and, you know, if we look at, if we look at swimming, and I don't quite know how this works, Despite being in different conferences, the swim coach for men's and women's, same coach. The staff, relatively the same, right? The pool is going to be there. So if you cut the swim program, what do you save? Right? What, 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 do, you, what, what, do, you, what do you save? I don't know. I, again, I don't know. Is, isn't a money thing. Maybe it's a body thing. Maybe it's the training room we're talking about that. But again, what I, I think cutting swimming is hard because you still have – you're not you're not eliminating any positions. You're just eliminating student athletes. You're not eliminating any positions. You're still the same staff, coach. You could say this for cross country as well. Um, and really, if you look at track and field, same same kind of deal. Same set of coaches across the board for both. Uh, they don't those programs don't get a lot of resources at Valpo, right? Uh, they don't get a lot of scholarship help. They just they don't they don't get a lot of resources. Um, they got a it's a lot of smoke and mirrors and a credit to those programs for making it work, right? But you look at 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 those programs and I just I don't know that there's a lot gained by by you know cuz again, you're if we've already decided here we're not moving away from women's sports, what's what's the value of moving away from the men's component there when you're sharing coaching staffs? You're not getting rid of track and field after you finally got a track at Valpo. Okay, so we've taken track and field off the list. We've taken uh, cross country and taking swimming off the list. We talked about golf earlier, and I think we take that one off the list because, again, relatively new sport. There's a reason they went and brought that sport here. Um, has it been successful? I mean, they made an NCAA tournament. I don't know that that's the barrier that we're talking about because guess what? We're going to get to men's tennis in a second. And, uh, and so that's tough. So we're taking golf off the list. Although I, I, it's an expensive sport, right? But there's no facility that Valpo has to maintain in terms of uh, here on, on on Valpo's campus. So maybe it's, again, you know, what what is the material? How do they put things together away from the campus? I You know, so men's golf is staying. So now we're down to um, really four sports, five sports, excuse me, uh, tennis, soccer, football, basketball, and baseball in reverse alphabetical order. So now we can start to hone in on tennis. Tennis is a tough one. It's the only program at Valpo this year, 2019 calendar year, that's got a winning record. A good program. Got a coach who's been around for a long time, is about to retire. Got five seniors on the roster, a couple freshmen, no juniors, no sophomores, and they're not in the Missouri Valley Conference. If you're going to cut something, you're probably cutting something that's not in the Missouri Valley Conference. 
And look, I don't know that anyone wanted, I don't know that anyone set out to say, hey, whose lives can we ruin? But here's the first one, the first shot across the bow here, men's tennis. It's going to go. They got three and a half scholarships on that team, from what I understand, bringing eight or nine guys. So you're saving a, a couple bodies there, at least scholarship-wise. Uh, it's not costing a terrible amount. You know, it's a low enrollment sport. Um, okay. So now you know you're never getting rid of basketball, so let's just drop that one right now. So now you're down to three. You're down to baseball, football, and soccer. Valparaiso University, if they haven't already, is never getting rid of football. It's not happening. And this was the biggest outcry on social media that I saw. Drop football, drop football, drop football. Football's no good. Football's terrible. Football doesn't win. Guys, they cut tennis. It's not about winning. If it was about winning, it, tennis would be promoted to. They'd have the golden goose. They'd have the crown. They've gone. They've the last. They've gone to two NCAA tournaments in the last five years. They've they're the they're fourteen and five or whatever they were last year. They've they've had professionals come out of that program. I mean, tennis is it right now, right? So if it's about winning. It's you know that's not what this is about. Football brings in like a hundred guys every year, guys, males. Bring in a hundred male student athletes every year. They stock the engineering program with these with these students, and it's non scholarship. They pay to go to school. I don't know how much you know. I'm sure they get some academic aid. I don't know all that deal. I don't know how it all works, but football's not going anywhere. Football's expensive sport to run. You got the equipment. You got all of that stuff. They play once a week. Football goes out to San Diego. Guess what? Here come alums. You go to Jacksonville. You go to North Carolina. You go down to Butler. You got this rivalry. You got you got built-in alumni relations each week. You play homecoming. You take football away. What's homecoming? The weekend that everybody comes by, it's centered around the football game. Football's not going anywhere. And football alums, I see them. They come back. I see guys who won four games in their entire career, and they come back every fall, and they meet up with their friends, their brothers that they shared the field with, and the wins and the losses don't matter. They're, they're bonded for life, and they're bonded to the university, and they come back. Football's not going anywhere. It's been around for a long, long time. Haven't won for a long time, but it's not going anywhere. So we're down to two, baseball and soccer. Baseball is the second crown jewel of the Missouri Valley Conference. You take basketball, and that's what they pride themselves in, but baseball is big time in the Missouri Valley Conference. It wasn't big time in the Horizon League. It wasn't big time in the Midcon, although you had Oral Roberts, which was a, a perennial power that would go to the college, you know, NCAA tournament. And and uh, baseball, it's a multi-bid league. They take their baseball seriously in the Valley. If Valpo didn't have a baseball team, Valpo's probably not in the Missouri Valley Conference, in my estimation. They take it seriously. Baseball is a big deal. And Baseball is generating some interest among the alumni base here. They're going to make some moves with that field. 
I feel like we've been talking about it for a while, but the rumblings that we're hearing is that baseball donations are coming in and the field's going to get some work. Don't know the details. Don't know all of that. Probably, you know, I, you know, I just, it's, it's, it's rumors in the wind, right? Baseball's not going anywhere. Baseball is a big part of the Missouri Valley Conference. I'd argue that basketball, baseball, and volleyball are the three biggest programs in the Valley. Valpo's well-positioned in basketball. They're well-positioned in volleyball. We'll get to that in a second. And they're getting there in baseball. They got a lot of work to do. There's no question. But it sounds like they're going to put in the work. And if you were to cut baseball, what do you do with that land over there? You've got a giant baseball field, a clubhouse, all that stuff. What do you do with that? Baseball's not going anywhere. That leaves us with men's soccer. It's like I watched Titanic the other day. It's like and I, my tone, it's 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 a depressing tone. I sometimes when I get on these rants, I feel like I am again Colin Cowherd or Doug Gottlieb or something on sports talk radio. It's tough. Nobody wants to to do this. And it's like the Titanic, man. Who gets on the lifeboat and who doesn't? Now, I don't know when Valpo hit the iceberg. That's the that's the question. Like when when did the iceberg get hit? Clearly in 2017 they started taking a look. They started thinking men's soccer. That becomes the one. And it's hard cuz those kids are great. And the timing of it, you know, I I was in a, a relationship in high school and uh it, the relationship had run its course. We're going to break up. I sat down with my mom and I said, Mom, I don't know when to do it. She said, what do you mean? And I said, we got to break up, but like, it's like our four month year, you know, it was like, no, it was like 15 month anniversary or something like that or, or something, you know, some innocuous number or whatever. Or like, oh, this day last year we did this or whatever. And, and my mom stopped me and she said, you will always be able to talk yourself out of doing something because the timing is, isn't right. The timing was terrible, terrible. But that's just because that was yesterday. I bet you could pick 365 days out of the year, and I would tell you the timing would be terrible. Why was it terrible yesterday? Three reasons. National Signing Day just happened. There's guys that signed letters of intent to go here. Not only did they sign let that guys sign letters of intent, uh, the other tricky aspect of this is that scholarships got taken from other programs. So all these Valpo players who are going to go transfer at this point, they, they do they even have spots they can go to? I that's that's terrible timing. Secondly, Mike Avery's son turned 16 yesterday. This was announced on his son's 16th birthday. Oh, that's just brutal. But again, like I, every day could be a terrible day. Like it's just tough, right? I, it's I, my heart breaks for this whole situation. And then finally, and I guess this is where we pivot. Um, the men's basketball team is playing in the ocean yesterday. They're in the, Saint Thomas, the Virgin Islands. 
tweeting out views from our hotel room and players playing on a catamaran or whatever it is. Like, what? Man, time and score, man, time and score. You just got to know, you got to have, that's just tough, right? Like, and look, Matt Loddick didn't know this was happening. You know, Mike Avery didn't know what's happening. Jim Doherty didn't know what was happening. This is just hard. This is bad, bad timing. Uh, and I know I sound like I got a little bit of laughter in my voice. I don't know. I, I laugh so I won't cry. Is that what the, the phrase is? It's just bad timing. It's tough. But again, I, you know, the, when these things happen, you want to blame, you want to blame people, right? You want to blame something. I don't know who, like, I'm, I'm gutted for those guys. Guys whose lives have just been upended. Who are they? Who who are they mad at? Are you mad at the messenger? Are you mad at, at Mark LaBarber because he's the one who delivered the message? Are you mad at the Athletics Oversight Committee of the Board of Directors? Are you mad at Valpo because they moved from the Horizon League to the Valley? Guess what? Valpo had more sports than any other team in the Horizon League. Does it cost more money? I is I had an interesting question. I said the basketball team didn't finish in tenth place and then ninth place. Does that change things? Every coach at Valpo will tell you they cheer for the basketball team to be good because the more they're on TV, the more it benefits everybody else. But I think that's unfair to put that on the shoulders of a group of 18 to 22-year-olds. I don't know. I it just Again, I told you at the start of this I was going to think out loud. And I hope I didn't do wrong by anybody here in, in thinking out loud. It's just a tough thing, but it's again, it's it's what we do. It's it's you know, you want it's like a giant newspaper column I just wrote for you there. I don't know the answer. I don't know why it happened. I don't know what the future holds. If I had a dollar for every time somebody's asked me that in the last 24 hours, I'd start a men's soccer and men's tennis program at Valparaiso University, right? I hope you appreciate the 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 thinking out loud portion of this. Let's pivot if we can. Well, let's talk about men's basketball. They're three and one. I, oh God, it's, I, I should just do a second episode and just call it a day. But, but we, we riffed for 30, for 38 minutes on this. Let's talk about men's basketball. Uh, let's start with the bad news first. Ryan Fizikas, can the guy catch a break? I mean, literally broke his wrist. I think that's, we haven't really been told what's going on, but, um, man, guy puts his hand down on t- trying to take an offensive charge and, uh, it just, it, it, it goes sideways for him. Uh, he looks so good in the season opener. 23 points in the season opener against Toledo. What a game. What a game. Valpo falls down by 10 points early on in the game. And, uh, I think, I think it was 10. Was it maybe even more than that? Um, you know, early on, was it, that's, uh, well, nine first nine points of the game there. It's twenty-one to seven. It's fourteen. That's right, twenty-one to seven. Football score, and uh, and Valpo comes roaring back. I mean, this again. This was two and a half weeks ago now, but again, it's it's been a minute. Um, Fizikas on fire in that game. Twenty-three points looked great. This is what Valpo's been missing. Took ten three pointers. Every time he did that, you're spacing out the floor, and here comes Javon Freeman Liberty just racing right down the center and scoring, and the guy was a machine. Valpo gets up eight, and then they blow the lead, and then they come back, and and Javon Freeman Liberty, the first of what are going to be many, many highlights this season. What a play that he made on that. And then, I, you know, it seems simple, but to have the wherewithal to get back on D 
and shut it down. And and maybe they fouled, maybe they didn't. They didn't call it fine. Uh, a lot of heroes in that game for Valpo. Eight assists for Daniel Sackey. Malik McMillan with 11 points, becoming a precursor of what we're going to see over the next few games. John Kaiser, eight rebounds, four assists, played 24 minutes, which now after the following few games we realized it was like taking a break for him. Um, Valpo looked good, except for in the first half when they fell down big, which again happened against St. Louis. You know, Valpo comes out. They, you know, they're they're battling for the first five minutes. A lot of points, twenty points in the first three and a half minutes of the game against St. Louis, just battling, battling, and then you know it's a it's a tight game, and you know then St. Louis opens it up. They go on a bit of a run there. Uh, Gordwin, uh, Goodwin with a couple of baskets there. He made uh, what six, eight, nine straight points, I think it was, at one point, and uh, and and you know they open up a double digit lead. 38-25 at one point, and then you know slowly but surely Valpo kind of uh, claws their way back, and they're they're down they're down eleven at the break, and they get all the way to within two points, right? Within one point, I think it was, um, with uh, with about seven minutes left in the game, and 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 then they just they missed a lot of free throws down the stretch. Looked like what we had seen in the past. Valpo twenty of thirty five in the game from the free throw line. Four missed free throws from Saki. Four missed free throws from Robinson. Just a lot of bad free throw shooting. And it it was awful, right? 22 points from Saki. Looked like he looked when he was in Canada. Javon Freeman Liberty, another 19 points, four rebounds, couple of assists. But the tough thing here is Fizikas goes down. He had three assists and a three-pointer in the 10 minutes that he played. And he goes down. And it's a gut punch. Absolute gut punch. So here comes John Kaiser, plays 34 minutes, 9 points, 8 rebounds. I oftentimes say this about Valpo players, where would Valpo be without? And it's John Kaiser right now. It really is. And really, obviously, Javon Freeman Liberty. So that was a St. Louis game. I didn't see much of it. That was the wedding that I was at. But then we come on back to the SIUE game. Right in the hometown of Donovan Clay. Right right outside the hometown of Donovan Clay. Why is Valpo playing SIUE? Donovan Clay gets himself a home game, essentially, and he makes his first collegiate start. Didn't do anything spectacular. 20 minutes, 5 points, a couple of rebounds, an assist, a block, a couple turnovers. Uh, John Kaiser, 37 minutes, 8 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. At what point do we stop being impressed by the output from John Kaiser and just say, this is what John Kaiser is? Didn't start the game, didn't start the second half, led Valpo in minutes. Javon Freeman Liberty, 30 points, 13 rebounds, two assists, and a steal. Took 20 shots, six of eight from the free throw line. Best number of that game for Valpo, eight of eight from the free throw line. Nick Robinson had 19 points and eight rebounds. That kid is a player. He's the he is a player. He is I you know. The moves he's got in the paint, I thought Robbie Weinstein and I were talking about this earlier. He looked like a guard. We thought he was going to be a, a big, a lot of guard skills. The moves he can make, posting people up, he's an excellent, excellent player. And with Fizikas out for the time being, Nick Robinson's role and his con- contributions are huge. Another six assists for Daniel Sackey in the game, two steals. Malik McMillan with 13 points, career high at that point, played really well. You know, didn't look 
great in the first half, I think, but really kind of turned it on in the uh, the second half of that game. Um, just excellent. And then takes us to the most recent game, North Dakota. Another one where Valpo falls behind early in the game. They only fell behind by six, so it wasn't a huge amount. But then Valpo asserted themselves late in the half, 33-24 halftime lead, and they just kind of coasted to the finish line. Another strong performance from Javon Freeman Liberty, 21 points, nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, 16 points from Malik McMillan in 15 minutes, and he was banged up a bit. You know, he was limping around. Uh, He'd come out. Ben Cricky came in, played 19 minutes, 11 points, took 11 shots, two blocks, three rebounds, an assist and a steal. The freshman has grown up before our eyes there. Donovan Clay, four rebounds, mixing it up, four assists early on in the game, really distributing the ball all over the place. You know, only one of five from the floor, but Clay, the guy's a player too. They, you know, this team, they're starting to put something together here. I don't know how they're going to do in the Virgin Islands. The Grand Canyon game seems like a winnable game. You get Grand Canyon, then you play either Fordham or Nevada, probably Nevada. be a tough game, I'd imagine. Um, or if you lose, you probably play Fordham. Okay. Uh, I'd say if Valpo beats Grand Canyon, they've got to be feeling pretty good about themselves going to a Nevada game. Tough opponent, but might be able to take Nevada. And then you're playing Cincinnati. So I imagine Cincinnati beats Illinois State. I imagine Western Kentucky beats Bowling Green. Cincinnati takes care of Western Kentucky. And then if you're living life well and you're Valpo, you get Jay Soroya and the Cincinnati Bearcats. Probably pretty slim chance of that happening. I, you know, you got to, it's hard to win games, right? And can they beat Grand Canyon? I don't know much about Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon had a, an excellent win against Montana State the other day. Um, and when I say excellent, I mean not necessarily in who they beat, but how they did it. They closed the game on a huge scoring run. They showed some talent, some resiliency down the stretch there. Uh, Dan Marley is the head coach at Grand Canyon. Matter of fact, I think it was Derek Smith who looked at Grand Canyon for a minute before he chose Butler. And uh, so that's going to be a test. It's the first game. It's the it's noon on Friday, Valpo time. If they win, they play at 4.30 on Saturday. If they lose, they play at 2 o'clock on, on – excuse me. They play uh, 2 o'clock on Saturday if they lose. If they win, they play at 4.30 on Sunday. And, uh, you know, then obviously there's all sorts of different options for when they could play uh, the final game. It would be interesting to see a Valpo and Illinois State match up against one another in this tournament. God, you, you hope not. Uh, the contracts to this probably signed before Valpo got in the Valley. Um, you know, I don't know that to be certain of when, how far out you, you do these things, but, uh, you know, you'd like to, you'd like to hope Valpo and Illinois state can, can avoid each other. And matter of fact, you, you know, you'd, you'd love if, uh, if, if, if they did play each other, it was in the championship game. Although, you know, I, I'd imagine Cincinnati's going to beat Illinois state. And then you got to cheer for Illinois State in the rest of the games, right? You got to you got to hope that they knock off Bowling Green in the second game, and then you got to hope that they get whomever, uh, you know. I guess maybe it's a Valpo or or a Fordham or something, and uh, and and you just want the rest of the conference to do real well. And I was talking to a uh, I was talking to someone in the athletics department earlier today at Valpo about this, and and they said, he said, 
you know, we just need all of the basketball teams to be as good as they can be to try to get that second bid. And I don't look, I don't know that it's going to happen. Right. I mean, Evansville beating Kentucky was great for the league and great for them. And then they go lose to SMU at home. I, you know, a win over Kentucky becomes big if you then, you know, run the table, I guess, or, you know, don't have a lot of slip ups. But I mean, is that going to happen? The Valley teams are going to beat the ever living hell out of each other for the entire season. It's going to be like Big Ten light, I think. Uh, I don't, I mean, Missouri State's really good, right? Gage Prim, Lamont West, these newcomers, they're really good. Uh, they've had some struggles in the early going. Uh, you know, you, I mean, Evansville, Williams, I think is his name, the, the kid who's uh, had to sit out last year. He's really good. There's a lot of young talent in the league. Loyola's hurt. They got some injury problems. You know, they struggled against Coppin State. The same night that Evansville beat Kentucky, Loyola loses to Coppin State in what I think Ken Palm deemed the biggest upset of the year, like statistic, statistically, numerics-wise. Uh, man. It's uh, it's been fun. It's been a fun start to the year. Looking at Valpo, going back to them for a second, you know, looking at the uh, looking at the stats a little bit here, it uh, you know twenty two points a game for Javon Freeman Liberty. That's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, looking at what do we say, sixty three and a half steals. He's got eight already over four games. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's breaking that. Uh, Sigurd Lorang, we said uh, twenty seven and a half three pointers. He's got one so far. Um, it was a big shot, huge shot right before half against SIUE. Big, big shot. Uh, hasn't played a terrible amount, not quite in the rotation yet, so probably taking the under there. Zion Morgan has only played eight and a half minutes over three games. He's got zero assists and two turnovers. I uh, didn't really know what his role would be coming in, so uh, you know, kind of interested by that. Uh, Daniel Sackey, 24 assists to 12 turnovers. He's averaging six assists per game. We said 3.2. He's looking good so far. Donovan Clay, we said 3.8 rebounds per game. He is averaging 3.3. Got a little bit of work to do there. Aaron Gordon, 7.5 points a game, we said. Well, Aaron, you've scored four points in four games. Uh, just He's one of nine from the floor. It's just not there yet. He's, he's you know Obviously, he's hampered by some injuries from what he's been saying. Uh, Emil has got, uh, got two blocks. And, God, he played some excellent minutes in that Toledo game. He's played uh, in all four games, averaging six minutes a game, and it's been at the right time that he's gone in. And as he develops, I think he's going to be a fun player to watch. Malik McMillan, we said 44.5% field goal percentage on the over-under, and he is shooting 44.4. So we're we're right there. We are right there. Uh, ben Cricky, 5.8 points per game. Ben is at 3.5, but he just dropped 11 in his last game. He's played in all four, and, uh, you know, he continues to have more nights like he did the other night. That number is going to shoot up. Nick Robinson, 10.5 points per game, we said, and he's at 11.3. With Fazekas out, that number will will probably hold steady, if not go a little bit higher. John Kaiser, 11.5 three-pointers this season. John Kaiser has got two already, so he is on pace. And then Ryan Fazekas, we said 42.5% three-point shooting. He's at 41.7. He'll be back later this year from what we understand, and uh, and we'll see. So Loddick has not gotten a technical yet, and uh, all the other stuff, you know, kind of 
kind of hard to tell. Valpo uh, opened against Toledo at 2,412 and had 2,504 for the North Dakota game, uh, both lower than the 2,800 that we set. Uh, so that's just a review right now after the first four games. We're already more than 10% of the way through the season. That kind of blows my mind. Um, you know, looking forward to seeing what, I, you know, I, I said this last year, I think, at some point, I think I even named a podcast, one of these, Is Valpo Good? I think we asked that question last year, and quite frankly, I'm going to ask it again because we don't know yet. We, we've seen the ability for Valpo to fall down double-digit points in three of their first four games in the first half, and they were down six against North Dakota. We've also seen Valpo with the ability to erase those deficits. We've seen Valpo with the ability to win a close game, make a big play at the end. We've seen Valpo with the ability to run out of gas and tank a bunch of free throws and and lose it. We've seen Valpo with the ability to win on the road in a, uh, you know, not a tough environment. I'm still kind of looking for maybe that Eastern Michigan game on December 3rd or that Charlotte game on December 16th, a good quality road victory there. Um, and you've seen them be able to put away an opponent that was not as good as them in North Dakota. What do they do in the Paradise Jam? That's a fascinating question. Grand Canyon should be a great test, and then who knows what goes on from there. They'll play on Monday the 25th, and then they come right on back, and they play Trinity Christian on Wednesday the 27th, the night before Thanksgiving, and then, uh, you know, we'll go from there. I uh, am going to be going to Eastern Michigan. I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be doing my annual uh, Bowker fan van trip with uh, Valpo Public Address announcer John Bowker. Always fun to hop in the car with him and listen to his litany of Valpo trivia as we go. I probably just live broadcast the whole thing. I think that would be uh, maybe we'll go Twitter live. I hope you're enjoying the Twitter live during games. We've been doing uh, I've been doing uh, from home games, pregame, uh, halftime, and 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 did postgame for the first one. And, uh, you know, that's been kind of fun. Also, I've enjoyed jumping on with uh, Garrett Willis and Danny Dallenberg, WVR Sports, their uh, home radio broadcast, talking to them before the games. It's been uh, it's been a blast. I've just kind of enjoyed the content creation a bit more during the season this year, getting ourselves out there. All right, uh, I'm going to leave it at that. We've been going for 53 minutes nonstop talking. My vocal cords are shot. I appreciate the... Uh, the audience. I appreciate you guys listening. I don't know what's going on, where, where Valpo goes from here. Um, I will tell you that I think everyone's looking at Valpo basketball. Can they win things around Valpo? And again, this, none of this happened because Valpo finished in 10th and ninth place. There's other stuff at work from what, from what I'm gathering, right? I'm just, I don't, again, I know as much as you, because I've read the email and that's what I've got. Um, but the better Valpo does, the more, you know, it's why Valpo's in the Valley. Higher profile. The bigger the profile, the more it'll do, right? Um, I've seen a lot of the comments online. I know there's a lot of frustration from people out there, from alums, from fans, baffled as to what happened, wondering why Valpo would make these decisions. I wish I had all the answers for you. I, I walked you through part of the process. Again, I'll tell you this because I've been around campus. I've been around. I stopped in the arc earlier today. 
no one's smiling about this, right? This isn't, there's no one's excited about this. Uh, it's a tough, tough spot. All right. Have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. Valpo basketball. I'll be on Twitter a bit, but I'm, uh, I'm leaving the country, so I don't think I'm going to be on, uh, be reachable much at all. So uh, thank you all for listening. NWI.com. You can catch Union Street Hoops on all sorts of podcasting areas, Apple Pods, Spotify, SoundCloud. Thanks a lot, everybody. Take care. Have a great Thanksgiving.